Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to Wrestle Life Radio. This is your co-host, Carol Sin, and I'm here with B-Hubs. That's my beautiful husband, Matt. And we're here to tell you about SmackDown WWE. This is episode 64 of Wrestle Life Radio. Take B- it away, B-Hubs. B-Hubs, is that what we're going with? Yeah. B-Hubs and B-Dubs? Yeah. I don't know if B-H-M works, but we'll, <laughs> we'll take it, I guess. Oh my gosh. We're just going to go straight into it. Today is November 16th, 2019, and we're here to tell you about this day in wrestling history. I'm going to point out a pay-per-view, and the reason I'm going to point it out is because I actually watched this one from back in 2003. So 16 years ago today, on November the 16th, WWE had Survivor Series. And this was the the pay-per-view where Vincent Mann wrestled The Undertaker in a Buried Alive match. And Kane came in and interrupted and buried The Undertaker. And of course, The Undertaker came back at WrestleMania 20 as the dead man. So this was in his weird biker phase. The Undertaker's like a teenager. He goes through phases in his wrestling career. It's just a phase. Just a phase, man. It's just a, just a phase. But he still got the tattoos to show it. Uh, and that, that pay-per-view was man-invented by Goldberg defeating Triple H for the World Heavyweight Championship. This is Goldberg's original terrible run with WWE. And his now, what, 50-year-old man run is much, much better. So SmackDown. Not bad, huh? Eh. Eh. Not bad. Not bad? Well, some bad. Okay, it was a lot bad. Okay. But it ended really good. Okay. So let's tell them about it. Okay. Do you want to? No. You don't want to tell them? Well, I do, but you talk first. You want me to talk first? Yeah, you talk first. Who's on first? You're on first. I'm on first? You're on first. No, who's on first? I'm not on first. <laughs> We're going to leave that in. That's great. So <laughs> I was going for like a, a, a Chris Jericho, uh, what's his name? They're going back and forth on AWE, on AEW. The MJF? Other that was great. It was very good. I didn't do that show, so I didn't have a chance to say. That was a great show. I had fun. Yeah. I know you guys, uh, you know, we had some issues with it. Um, and I would agree there were some some kind of slowdown points, but I, I enjoyed it overall. Okay. So that's it. That's my uh, that's my bit on that. So moving on, SmackDown. You want to talk about the worst wrestling opening in uh, in 2019? Oh my gosh, why are we doing this? You know, I I'm watching the first 10 minutes of SmackDown, and if it wasn't for planning to do the show, I would have changed the channel. Same. Yeah. It was bad. It was so bad. It was really bad. I'm like, this is the worst thing you've done recently, and you're bringing it back? Yep. They highlighted it in a package at the oh. beginning of the show. Oh. So tell us about it. No, I can't. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I'm embarrassed. I'm so embarrassed. I don't want to talk about it. You have to do We're it. We're embarrassed that we actually watched this show. Yes. So Baron Corbin comes out. He cuts a promo on Roman Reigns. Ziggler and Bobbert Roode are there with him, and I swear that King Corbin called him Bobbert Rude. I don't, yeah. I don't believe he actually did. But I was in my kitchen looking for a snack because I couldn't care less about King Corbin's terrible promos. And I thought I heard him say Bobbert. Even though I know it didn't happen, it made me very happy. <laughs> Maybe it did. Maybe King Corbin listened to the show and he's like, I'm just going to give a shout out to Matt there. So, <laughs> just gosh. So he, he introduces, he cuts a promo, it's terrible. I'm not going to go through it. But he introduces... Roman Reigns. And Roman Reigns' music hits, and instead of like the strong guitar, it's the little yippy dog. And it shows a little yippy dog on the screen. And then someone comes out in a, like a pit bull, uh, like a mascot suit, basically, is what it looked like. 
He came out there, and King Corbin tells him to bow to him, and he does. Oh, and he's dressed as Roman Reigns. Yeah, oh yeah, he's dressed, yeah. Yeah. So I'll tell you, if a little chihuahua, an actual dog, would have came out dressed as Roman Reigns, I would have been for it, because I love me some dogs. This was the worst opener I have seen in 2019, and it's one of the worst openers, and last week's was bad. It's one of the worst openers I think I've ever seen in professional wrestling. It was so, so bad. Crowd was dead. Yep. Dead. And you pointed out there was a guy in the front row just kind of shaking his head. He was. Thinking, why did I spend $200 on this ticket? He was, yep. He had on like a light colored shirt so he was easy to see. And he's just sitting there with this dead look on his face, shaking his head like, why? Yep. Why? Yep. Yep. So bad. I just... And then we have more idiocy because Ali G which is what I'm going to call Shorty G and Mustafa Ali's tag team. <laughs> they wrestled Bobbert Roode and Dolph Ziggler. So here's here's how this came about. So Team SmackDown gets their five-man team, and it's Shorty G and Mustafa Ali and Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman and Baron Corbin. So Baron Corbin says, Ah, there's two really clear weak links. I think Robert Roode, Bobbert Roode, excuse me, and Dolph Ziggler should actually take their places. So we're going to have a match for it. So I guess since he's the king, he can make matches, which is weird. I don't understand why they wouldn't have introduced this as, oh, Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns, and King Corbin get automatically inside the team, and then we're going to have a match for the final two places. That would have made sense. Mm -hmm. But this made no sense. What made less sense is they're wrestling for six or seven minutes, and then Roman Reigns' music hits, right. and he comes out, and he's like pointing at Baron Corbin, and they're yelling at each other, and Baron Corbin kind of looks scared. The dog like jumps, jumps the barricade trying to get away from Roman Reigns, and we go to commercial. Yeah. So, so halfway through a match, the where nothing particular occurred to prompt this, that was the last straw for Roman Reigns. That's yep. when he said, "This is enough." Yep. So I guess like he was watching SmackDown on his cell phone. He was pirating it online. And he's like, oh, I see Baron Corbin's been saying some mean things about me. Now that I'm finally here and I'm late, I guess I should, you know, just finally show up. It's, it's so dumb. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you even said, why is he coming out now? Right. Like, why at this point? Why didn't he come out earlier or just not at all? Exactly. We got a commercial. We come back. This match wasn't bad. as You would expect to get a decent match out of these four guys. But another thing that you pointed out that I didn't even think of, you said, why aren't they talking about their history with mm. Chad Gable and Robert Roode? I mean, yeah. they were a tag team for yeah. years, well, tag we, team champions together. We have B-Ball playing Shorty G now, you know, with his basketball uniform on, who, looking who, like a dork, and Robert Roode, who, I, yeah, they did, nobody said, I think it should at least be mentioned, especially yep. since we make a point of bringing things back and beating dead horses. Uh, bring it up. Yeah, and Michael Cole buried Chad Gable here because Corey Graves made fun of him for looking like something out of Space Jam. And Michael Cole, he's fine, he's the bad guy, it's okay. Michael Cole, instead of going, oh, come on, Corey, he goes, <laughs> because that's the proper response because it's a really stupid gimmick and Chad Gable looks ridiculous. Yes, and even to the good guys, yes, it is laughable. Yep. Yeah. The ending was kind of cool. Chad Gable hit like this huge deadlift German suplex on Dolph Ziggler. And then Mustafa Ali went up top, 450. We got a win. It played Ali's, na- uh, Ali's music. 
which Ollie has his first name back now. Yay. I think he stole the first name card from Stu Grayson and <laughs> AEW. He's like, yoink, that's mine now. Mm-hmm. And uh, after 20 seconds of celebrating, they played Roman Reigns music because he's Roman Reigns. That's whatever. Yeah. It's fine. It's, it's whatever. We get a review of what happened last week with Bray Wyatt attacking Dan O'Brien. And then we go to the Firefly Funhouse. So this was kind of good, but I have two huge... Compl- okay, not not good. It wasn't good, but it was better. It was something that needed to happen, but there were so many better ways to do it. So the Firefly Funhouse, first of all, this episode was very funny and very good. So Bray Wyatt is there, and he like spins around, go, and he turns to a magician. So he's Bray the Magician Wyatt now. Yay! That's his. Yeah, that's his next gimmick. And he's, like, looking at his universal title, and he's like, we need to make a change. And inside, I'm going, oh, my gosh, we're going to get an amazing Fiend title. It's going to look so cool. And then he swings his little wand, and you get the exact same title, but it's blue. It does have the Fiend on it. But so did the red one. What was the point of him being on backstage last week and going, I'm going to unveil my title? Then it looks the same. It's just red with his plates. And then now he's like, that's not good enough. I want to make it blue. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, people were complaining online that it wasn't unique enough. Yeah. And he is a character that should have a unique title. Yeah. And then he's like, well, we're on SmackDown now, so we're going to make it blue. The Fiend. The Fiend is the character that decided to do that. It was just dumb. It could have been done so much better. I do like the blue title better than the red one, though. But blue's my favorite color. Maybe I'm biased. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I do think the blue looks a little better. We come back from break. King Corbin, Bobbert Roode, Dolph Ziggler, and the dog are all backstage. And Bobbert and Dolph are very angry. And they're like, we should be on this team. King Corbin, you have to do something about this. And he goes, okay, I'll take care of it. And then he walks off. With the dog. With the dog. Mm-hmm. And I will also say, that's it. We didn't hear anything else about it for the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. So again, we'll go through all of this torture and this horrible nonsense for nothing no payoff nothing no promises that we're done with this and we can move on from it now because it's going to come back it's coming back we have a recap of Braun Strowman and Tyson Fury beating up the B team last week we go to the ring and Drew Gulak who is an incredible worker and pretty stinking good on the mic is standing in the ring with the B team they're waiting there as Braun Strowman comes in and Drew Gulak says I've got the B team with me because they want to learn. And I pointed out to my beautiful wife, and I don't want to hate on small wrestlers because I'm a big AEW and NXT mark, all right? But I told I told her, I said, Drew Gulak looks like a little boy who's like gotten out of bed and told his mom that he needs to go to the bathroom. He did. Because he's, he's wearing these like short boots and a t-shirt with the, the tights on, the small tights. It just, with no knee pads, it just looks, it's not a good look for you, Drew. Sorry, buddy. No. So he says... He says, "I'm going to show. I'm going to show you how I should be on the SmackDown team, and I sh- I can save SmackDown." Basically, he cuts a promo. It's fine. And Braun Strowman beats up the B team. Drew Gulak retreats, and then Braun Strowman just destroys the B team, and that's pretty much it. I don't really understand what they're doing with Drew Gulak here. He's very very talented, but WWE has a history of taking talented wrestlers and doing nothing with them. So hopefully he'll get. A little more than what's happening, but we'll see. Caleb Braxton is backstage with 
your boys, the New Day. And they're there. They're there. Talking about how they're going to defend tonight against the Revival, defend their new tag team titles. And uh, Big E does the introduction. He's great. He's always great. You go to the ring. You go to commercial. We come back from the break and we see Daniel Bryan. He's walking backstage and Sami Zayn comes up. And he's standing there with Shinsuke Nakamura. And he says, listen, Daniel, I know I've been asking you for weeks, but considering what The Fiend did to you last week, and we know he's watching you tonight, I think tonight is a good time to give us an answer. And he says, Sammy, or, he, or Sammy says, I want you with us. Shinsuke wants you with us. Cesaro wants you with us. Which made me happy, because that means Cesaro's doing something. And he said, you are one of us. And Daniel Bryan is so good. And he goes, you want, an, you want an answer, Sammy? He goes, okay. So, if you're really an upstanding guy, and I and we really are like-minded individuals, and he's like teasing that he's going to accept it. And Sammy seems like, yes, of course. We're exactly the same, Daniel. You mm-hmm. and me. Five-time world champion Daniel Bryan and, and joke Sammy Zane, which is unfortunate because Sammy's incredible. And d- instead of going, okay, fine, I'll join you, he says, if you are then why did you abandon me last week when The Fiend attacked me? And Sami Zayn, instead of being honest and going, well, be honest with you, Daniel, I was scared to death for my life. Which Daniel might have accepted, because that is a fair answer. But what he did say was, actually, I was I was running away. I was, I was trying to find Shinsuke. And I was going to come back, Daniel, I swear. I was, on, I was on my way. But he was gone by the time I got back. So Daniel Bryan goes, yeah, I'm not joining your little team. But you know who I do think would be a good fit for you? Braun Strowman. Then he walks away. And if you've ever watched the WWE, you know who was off camera. And Sami Zayn says, Braun Strowman? What? No. Shinsuke Cesaro and I are artists. Why would we want a big brute like him on our team? He turns around. Camera pans back. And you see Braun Strowman. And he does not look happy, mm-hmm. as you probably wouldn't be. And Sammy's like, oh! And he gives this like, huge, just wonderful reaction, like he's afraid for his life. He's like, oh, Braun, I didn't, I didn't see you there, buddy. I, uh, I, I, you know, I was, just, I was just kidding around. You know, you and I, we're good pals. We're going we're gonna to go now. And Shinsuke, luckily, does not look terrified. He's standing there like a friggin' man, staring down someone that looks twice as big as him because Braun is closer to the camera. And he is quite a bit bigger than Shinsuke. Although I will say, it looked like Shinsuke was somewhere else. Like, he's standing there and he's kind of <laughs> staring at Braun Strowman's shirt. And in his eyes, it's like, no, he's not here right now. He's thinking about, like, what's for dinner tomorrow. <laughs> so Sammy like, goes, And very seriously considering whatever he, it was going on true. in his head. It's true. That's what I thought. So Sammy grabs Shinsuke by the arm and he's like, all right, come on, Shinsuke, we're, uh, we're going to go. We're going to, nope, Shinsuke, come on, let's let's go. And he's like dragging him off and Shinsuke is still staring at Braun. So I guess that's what we're getting now, which I'm not going to complain about. This would be mm. okay, I guess. Uh, we go to the ring and we have the New Day versus the Revival. And I tell you, I get kind of tired of seeing the same matches all the time, but th- th- it was just so good. These four guys are so talented. You know, everyone loves the New Day. But I tell you, the Revival's my second favorite tag team in the world. And they, 
It was just so good. It was just four guys who were all incredibly talented putting on an absolute wrestling clinic. And it was great, but it was marred by another friggin' bullcrap ending because the Revival is about to pin Big E. And they, get, they hit the Shatter Machine, Kofi interrupts, and then a few minutes or a few seconds later, really, we get all four members of the Undisputed Era coming in and attacking him. And, like, I don't understand why we can't have a clean finish. Mm-hmm. Is I mean, the Revival are halfway out the door. It, historically, the WWE would bury them anyway. They're not staying. Scott Dawson has put stuff on his Twitter that's made it very clear that they're leaving WWE. They have done Young Bucks poses inside a WWE ring. They've got FTR, which means... Forget the revival on their tr- on their trunks. That's not what it means. I can't say what it actually means, but it's they're gone. They're out of here. They are gone. I don't understand why the new day couldn't just beat them clean, and then the new guy and the revival get attacked after the match. Can we not have clean finishes in WWE? Is it not possible? It's I just I don't get it. But after it's over, a bunch of goobers come out. And they start, you know, running in the ring in the Undisputed Era, run away. I don't know why the Undisputed Era would run from these goobers because it included Lucha House Party, Apollo Crews. No offense, Apollo, I love you. And uh, what I think the only actual star in the ring was Otis. Yeah, I told you, if Otis comes barreling down the ramp at me, I'm running. Yeah. Unless he's smiling, <laughs> waiting, looking for a hug. <laughs> Picks you up, swings you around. Yeah. 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 yeah but I, I, I just, I don't know. I hated this ending. Yeah, but yeah. you know what? Survivor Series should be good. So as long as the as long as the ending is is as long as the end result is something good. Yeah, that's all. I mean, if the payoff is worth all of it, then it's it's good. Yeah, and you'll look back on it thinking, okay, well that was that was good. That was worth it. But it's WWE, and I'm concerned. Yeah, that it won't be. Yeah. Well, you, generally with WWE, either the journey or the result is bad. One or the other. Mm-hmm. Like think about Eric and Derek Rowan. And this terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible feud we had with Daniel Bryan, Eric Rowan, and Roman Reigns. And the whole thing was campy and stupid. Mm-hmm. But in the end, we had that tag team match, which was pretty stinking good. Mm-hmm. So, it's, it's fine. But it's very common that you have journeys that are great. Or you have The Fiend great. and mm-hmm. Seth Rollins and The yep. Fiend. And then you have that horrible ending. Yep. Makes sense. So, more dumbness. We get Heavy Machinery. Versus Kevin Tibbs and Kip Stevens. Kip? Who's named Kip? So Corey Graves is like, you ever met a tough guy named Kip? And Carol's like, we should I, send that to Kip Sabian. No, I just see like, a, like making a meme of like a sad Kip Sabian. I'm like, I'm tough. Ugh. But Heavy Machinery wins. We're not going to talk about squash matches in WWE. They announced Daniel Bryan is going to be on Miss TV later. I think they've said that earlier in the show, but it just didn't matter, so... They did a lot of recaps and stuff in this show, as WWE always does. I think at least twice tonight, they said, this is what just happened after a commercial break. I'm like, we know. We just saw it. Literally five minutes ago. So they show us all the attacks between NXT and the main roster. They show Bayley destroying everyone on NXT this past Wednesday. And they show Shayna Baszler appearing on Raw and, and SmackDown. We get Bayley versus Nikki Cross and Sasha Banks has said that if Nikki Cross can beat Bailey, Nikki Cross will be the final member of Team SmackDown. And I will tell you that I've seen this match a thousand times. 
I did not want to see it again. But it was fine because it didn't really matter. Like, the match was very, very short. Like, basically, as soon as it started, Shayna Baszler showed up. Mm-hmm. And she is getting in the ring, trying to attack Bailey, and Bailey books it out of there. And she's like, oh no, oh no, no, no. And then turns around to see Rhea Ripley, Tegan Knox, uh, Dakota Kai, and Mia Yim. And then I would like you to do your best to describe the facial expression that Bailey gave here. Oh, it was great. So Bailey's on her way out, right? She's gonna she's gonna like hop into the crowd and take off. Yep. And she comes up she turns and she sees the four of them. And she kind of turns back around to the ring, like looks at Sasha. And she just, it's hard to to describe this expression. It was great. It was like in her head, she's just like, okay, I guess we're doing this. <laughs> and so, and she just like totally exasperated, resigned to the situation. And she just turns around like, all right, let's, okay. It was great. Yep. Very well done. It's so, it was very subtle. Um, and you could miss it, I think, really easily, and I just really liked it. It was a it was, very good piece of acting. It was really good. And it's unfortunate that I have to complain about this, but I'm about to. Because right now, two days earlier on NXT, Shayna Baszler is feuding with all four of these women. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them. Why do they care about helping her? And I understand it's about brand supremacy, but this is dumb. Mm-hmm. Why not have Bianca Belair... Yeah. And Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray. But they want Baszler. With with Baszler. Yeah, so instead of those four, yeah. Yeah, those four would be on, those four are the ones that are, or those three are on Baszler's team and then Baszler has the other two girls, Jessamyn Duke, Duke and Marina Shafir. Yeah. It just. I definitely don't understand Rhea Ripley being out there with Shayna Baszler. No. As, as if they're a team. They're literally. I don't understand that. Leading teams against each other yeah. at war games. So although this, in a bubble, this was really cool. Yeah. When you stop and think about it, it was really poorly planned and really poorly written. Yep. So, it, but it would have been fine if it would have just been the heels on the outside. But Bailey's a heel, so I guess they wanted faces out there. Mm. I don't, I don't know. And, and to be fair, Bailey did attack them, so I get it. But it just, I don't know why they'd want to help Baszler. But Baszler and Bailey are brawling out into the crowd. I actually think before that, um, Sasha Banks came in and attacked Shayna Baszler. So Baszler and Bailey go out. And then Sasha cuts a promo, and it was pretty good. And she says, how about we have a four-on-four match right now with Nikki Cross, Carmella, Sasha Banks, and Dana Brooke. Now, if I say those four names and go, well, they've got no chance against the NXT women. The NXT women are the, the best female roster, roster in all of American wrestling, right? Well, let me... First of all, the match was great, and I'm not going to knock the match. It was so good. Um, the short version is Nikki Cross pinned Dakota Kai kind of out of nowhere with her swinging neck breaker. Mm-hmm. And I just, and I love Nikki Cross and I'm not going to hate on her at all, but like, should they have, how, how, I just don't, I'm really at a loss for words here because the NXT women clearly have the strongest female roster in all of American wrestling. Yeah. And I just, I don't like that they lost here. I just hated it. And I know you can't have the NXT people going over all the time, but if you needed to do that, then you need to have someone else win at some other time because the female roster here needed to win. They need to look strong. And to have Nikki Cross 
and a team that had Dana Brooke on it, and really Carmella, nothing against her, but when's the last time she's looked relevant? Defeat a team with Rhea Ripley on it. Well, it made no sense to me. And even like Sonya would have been a better choice. Yeah, I would have And I love Nikki yeah. Cross, and I think she she's great. But I think Sonya Deville would have been a better choice. She for the looks pin. looks tough. Yes. Yeah. To but. the thing is, as visually, as you're looking at all of this happening, yeah. you're like, well, Sonya could be on NXT. Right. And she could be because she's tough enough. Yep. To be a part of that group. I think it would be actually cool if she went to NXT. Yeah. I'd be down for it. Yeah. Sonya Deville versus Shanna Baszler. Mm. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. Right? So Dan, we see Dan O'Brien again backstage. And he's, you know, we're, we're back from, we go to commercial. We come back and the Miz is in the ring. And he announces Dan O'Brien. Dan O'Brien comes out. And the Miz really cuts a really big heel promo. Mm-hmm. Now, it's no secret that the Miz and Daniel O'Brien hate each other on screen. In real life, supposedly, they're, you know, decent friends. But on screen... They have a huge history. Daniel Bryan, this indie darling that had wrestled for decades all over the world, his pro in the original, what, in, I think it was called NXT, I can't remember, but it was that stupid show where you had a bunch of pros, like where friggin' Michelle McCool and Layla was the pros for Loki. Like, it was just so stupid. But The Miz was Daniel Bryan's pro. And they've been, to, and he basically buried Daniel Bryan from day one. When Daniel Bryan got injured, there was that big talking smack segment where The Miz, you know, made fun of Daniel Bryan, and they could have had this huge, huge feud, but instead WWE blew it off at some stupid C-grade pay-per-view instead of WrestleMania where it should have been done. But The Miz does the yes kicks. I mean, they obviously have a very good relationship outside of the ring. So this was really interesting because The Miz, who's been a face for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. Cut one of the best heel promos I've ever heard him cut. And basically, he's asking Bray Wyatt, or he's asking Daniel Bryan what he thinks of Bray Wyatt and being attacked. Daniel Bryan is given the silent treatment. And he says, look, I know we don't necessarily see eye to eye. That's no secret to anyone. But if you won't answer, I'll answer for you. I think that the Fiend attacked you because you're not who you used to be. You're confused. You don't know if you want to go back to the Yes movement. You don't know if you want to be some vegan planetary champion. You don't know who you are, and you've lost yourself. And Daniel Bryan stands up and gets in Daniel and gets in the Miz's face and says, "Listen, I'll get to the I'll get to Bray Wyatt in a minute, but I just want to tell you that Miz TV sucks, and it's always sucked." <laughs> I got a big pop. Mm -hmm. And he says, the reason Bray Wyatt attacked me is because I'm a little unstable. Do you know what it's like to have the passion that I have and to be a little unstable? Because Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt knows what it's like to have that passion and to be just a little, just a little off, just a little mentally unstable. And it was incredible. I'm not sure Dan O'Brien can open his mouth at this point without me marking. It just does a great job. And then as he's cutting this incredible promo, he gets interrupted by the second Firefly Funhouse of the night. And Bray Wyatt says, Hi, Daniel. And then he shows this big box and he says, I have a new box of toys. Do you want to play? And he starts throwing all these toys out of the box very comically. He's like... There was like a little horn he was honking. Mm-hmm, like a saw. How did that get in uh-huh. there? Uh-huh. <laughs> it was really good. 
And so he brought out his belt and he sat it on the table and he like looks very menacingly into the camera and says, do you want to play? And then so he says, all I need to hear from you, Daniel, is that one little word. And then Daniel Bryan says, no. (laughs) No, Daniel Bryan says, no. And then Abby the Witch says, yes. Daniel Bryan says, no. And then Mercy the Buzzard says, yes. And they go through the whole thing with the other puppets as well. And he keeps saying no. And then, In various ways, actually. Another bit of fantastic acting. It's so good. Because he says no differently every time. He's yep. not like furious. No, no, no. Like he's he's being funny about it yep. on purpose. Like it's like he's being like, no. Like he's, he's, it was funny. It was good. Yeah. And then, so finally, the last time Daniel Bryan said no, Bray Wyatt said, yes, yes, yes. Yes, and he starts to chant. He's pumping his fingers into the air like I'm doing right now, but no one can see me because this is a radio show. And he's chanting. I think they were expecting the whole crowd to do it with him. I'm not sure if it wasn't a great crowd or if you know it just didn't come off as well live as it did on TV. But some people did it with him. Not a lot of them did. And Dan O'Brien says, Look, if Bray Wyatt wants to fight, then let's fight for that title. And then The Miz who has the same power as King Baron Corbin, says, Makes sense to me. Ladies and gentlemen, your Universal Championship match at Survivor Series, Daniel Bryan versus The Fiend Bray Wyatt. And I'm like, why? Does, why can The Miz make this match? He is a talk show host now, so uh, he has a limited amount of power. Like, can you see Oprah watching this happen and be like, well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so that, yes, it makes sense to me. So basically what you're telling me, The Miz is like, you get a match, and you yeah. get a match, and you get a match, and you get a match. That's, that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. In fact, let's make a meme. Let's make let's make a make a uh, the Miz meme. Ladies and gentlemen, the best Oprah Miz meme uh, will we'll get get first place. <laughs> Start and bragging rights. <laughs> and bragging rights. That's all you get. Oh my gosh. Um. So if you were to grade this show, that had some serious ups and down moments. Yeah. What would you What would you grade it? I mean, we haven't said a lot of good things. We enjoyed the New Day match. And uh, a couple of other things, but I think we've we've given it a pretty hard time. Okay. Um, like I said, from in the beginning, the first twenty minutes, just or 10, 10, 15 minutes, I would have changed the channel, and then they kind of got me back interested. But and the ending was good, but I, this is like a this is like a C minus. Okay. And that's I think that's fair. I think that's fair too. The issue is it had the worst opening in this year. And it's November, guys. It was just so, so bad. The ending was really good. The New Day and Revival match was really good. So, as I've said a bazillion times, good wrestling can overtake bad bad acting or bad writing. But it was just too bad. the The first segment was just miserable. There were so many dumb things that happened on this show. And I'm going to say C- as well, but... That's that's a pretty generous C minus. Yeah, and it was only a C minus because the tag match, even though I didn't like the ending, was fun with, with the women's tag match. The revival and the new day, even though I didn't like the ending, 
was a good match. Mm-hmm. And that last segment was just on the nose. It was just really, really good. Really perfect. So, C-, minus. there are too many dumb things. But, I'm really loving this Dan O'Brien-Bray Wyatt feud. I'm really excited about Survivor Series. And honestly, I think I might be more excited for Survivor Series than I have been for a WWE pay-per-view in a long time long time like very very excited because i love the idea of the triple threat matches with the with the champions the tag team match is going to be cool mm-hmm. the baszler becky uh bailey match is going to be really good yeah and having aj styles roderick strong and shinsuke nakamura in the ring at the same time is a literal dream match for me the fiend versus daniel bryan is going to be incredible Brock Lesnar always has his best matches with small wrestlers, and he's wrestling the best little man in wrestling history in Rey Mysterio. It's going to be good. Survivor Series is really going to be good. And and as someone who complains about WWE two or three nights a week, (laughs) I'll tell you, it's going to be good. And I'm so excited for it. And I will express that even a little more on the preview show next week. Would you like to add anything else before we close? No, I'm good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is episode Nintendo 64! She's giving a warning. Of Wrestle Life Radio. You can find us all on Facebook and Instagram at Wrestle Life Radio and on Twitter at Wrestle Life Pod. Follow my good friend Chris Cumbie on Twitter at Wrestle Life Heal. My cousin Kyle at Kyle.Pauly on Instagram. B-dubs, where can they find you? Carolson on Instagram and, and YouTube. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Wrestle Life Matt. Thank you so much, everybody. We appreciate you. And don't forget to turn in those beautiful, beautiful memes. And as a matter of fact, why don't you send us one of Kip Sabian crying as well? <laughs> I hope you all have a wonderful day. We'll be back with four shows next, or shoot, five shows next week. One for each show as usual. And then, of course, the Survivor Series preview. Have a wonderful, wonderful, absolutely wonderful day. You get a match, and you get a match. <laughs>